excited for this new series called Breakout. I believe that many of us are in prime position for a breakout. Maybe you have been in a season of life where you you just feel stuck. You feel trapped. You feel like, hey, I'm going to be stuck in this thing. There is a lid put on my life. And uh, I believe uh, that we serve a God who is the God of breakout. He can move us beyond. I've been watching the NFL draft a little bit over the weekend where the college players get selected to be on an NFL team and all the experts and analysts, they said, oh man, this team now with the addition of this player and this coach in place, wow, this team is really primed in position to have a breakout season this year. They're going to break out. Or I've also heard uh, maybe people, you you like to watch the stock market and do different things. And so experts might say, oh, because of, you know, this new person at leadership and this kind of thing, boy, this this business is, or this, you know, you, you buy here, they're really in a prime position to, to break out and to make a difference. This is going to be their year. But I believe any time you're alive, anytime you're taking breath, anytime you're taking a step and you got the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you're in prime position for a breakout. Can I get an amen? You're in prime position to get broke free of the thing that might be holding you. Now you might be in here and say, no, nah, pastor, not me, man. I've been walking in this thing for way too long. I've had this thing that's been holding me in for years. Oh, it held our family. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Whatever the heaviness of this world that that is putting on you. I mean, I get up here on a Sunday and a couple hundred people sit before us and, and, I, and I can go through my mind and I can connect with all of the different places that people are, are, are stuck. People are stuck and, and feeling broke down instead of broke out. And they're saying, no, no, it's not for me. I, I can't get out of this thing. I can't get out of this thing. But I'm here to remind you that we serve a God of a God who sets people free. He's not, we don't serve a God who says, well, you're dealt these cards and these are your circumstances and you got to run that hamster wheel. We serve a God who turns things around. Can I get an amen? And so today we're going to kick off this sort of uh, intro into the series. Next week is Mother's Day. Men, next week is Mother's Day. (laughs) And so uh, next week I'm going to talk about breaking out of the comparison trap. You know, we have Instagram and social media and all the tablets, all the different things that you see. And all of these things are trying to get moms and women to compete with what are they doing? What does that look like? Oh, and their kids do that. Oh, and their kids are at that age. And there's all of this competition and comparison happening. But God created you a one of a kind. God made you uniquely and specific. And you don't got to try to match up to somebody else because God made you specific. And so we're going to talk about that next week. But today I want to kick this off because I believe today's topic, if we don't do today's topic, you can't even talk about the rest of the topics. These next five weeks, I got five sermons for you starting today, but then we have the entire month is five weeks. We might as well not even talk about any of the other topics if we don't talk about this topic. If we're not doing this topic, the rest aren't going to come together anyway. So the topic I want to reveal to you in just a minute, but first I want to give you this sort of idea. The disciples had this opportunity to ask Jesus something. So the disciples are with Jesus. They're seeing all the things that he's doing. He's raising people from the dead. He's healing their blind eyes. We see that um, he's walking on water. Uh, we see all these miracles, calming, see all of these things that he's doing. We see that at some point he's speaking with such wisdom that they say, wow, you're confounding the wise. Literally, you're making the wisest of the wise. You're making their heads spin because you have so much wisdom and knowledge. We also know that uh, through prophecy, 
and all of the prophets gone before, we knew that Jesus was also going to do a lot and step into a lot and come into a lot of things. And so the disciples are following him. They're paying attention to his life. They're observing all of the things that he's doing, all these many mighty miracles, all these things that he's doing, all of these big things. And they have this opportunity to ask him to teach them something. So it's their moment to be like, hey, this is, this is my opportunity. I actually want to gain something from Jesus here. Now, of course, they gained a lot of things following him. But they said, hey, I'm going to take this moment to try, to try to receive from him. And they ask him about something in his life. And I got a book here. I can't show you the cover because it'll give you the answer. But I got a book for somebody that's brave enough to take a swipe at guessing what that is. What is it that the disciples said, hey, Jesus, we want you to tell us about that thing you do in your life. Any guesses? What is it? Prayer. 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 Here you go. Throw that over. Was it Andrew? I think it's Andrew back here. Somebody go. Pinkston. Oh, fumble. That's okay. It was a bad throw. That was on me. Yeah. Well, he's actually a Chicago guy, I think. Oh, no, he's not. His wife is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lynn is. Of all the things that they're like, hey, Jesus, teach us about. They didn't say walk on water. They didn't say confound the wise. They didn't say all of these things. They said, hey, will you teach us how you pray like that. They must have witnessed the power that comes from his prayer life. If you look at Jesus and you look at the way that he walked and the way that he lived, you just, every story, you hear of a story, you hear of a miracle, you hear of a thing Jesus did. Then it's almost like right after that, you read another passage that says, Jesus is now off in a solitary place doing what? Praying. He wasn't updating social media. He wasn't getting the word out about himself. He wasn't meeting with a paparazzi or a reporter trying to get a story out. He's praying. He, Jesus, God, taking on flesh and blood, he, he moves and he operates and he goes through life. He does his things, but then he makes time to be a person of prayer. Unfortunately, religion has really kind of suffocated prayer. We've made prayer, you know, something that you got to go to church and do, or it's something you got to make sure you do at the dinner table or make sure you do at this thing. But Jesus was saying prayer Prayer is my power. Prayer is my lifeline. I get away and pray because there's power in it. Can I get an amen? amen. Luke chapter 11, while Jesus was away, when he was praying, the disciples, when he finished, they said, hey, will you teach us to pray? We see in scripture of all of the people who prayed, any mentions of a person praying, Jesus is mentioned in the scripture as the person who's mentioned praying the most. God down on earth who took on flesh and blood. The scripture points out to us that Jesus prayed the most. There are about 650 prayers listed in the Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books. So 650 times in 66 books, prayer is mentioned. Why? Because it's just some wishful thing that you can maybe do here and there, a little of this if you feel like it. No, it's because it's a fundamental part of our walk with God, prayer. 400, over 450 times, a recorded prayer, an answered prayer is on note. So we see in 66 books, there's 650 prayers mentioned. 450 times you hear the mention of an answered prayer. Why? Because God answers prayer. It's a part of the walk of the believer is that we pray and God moves on our behalf. Can I get an amen? Amen. So if we want to break out, if we want to see God move on our behalf, if we want to see freedom, if we want to see ourselves step into what God has for us, we have to be a people of prayer. In the scripture, we see so much of the New Testament was given to us by the Apostle Paul. We see Paul had so much wisdom and revelation and understanding about how God's kingdom works here on earth. But many of his writings, 41 times in his writings to other churches, he's mentioning prayer. 
He says either uh, pray for us or he's giving updated prayer reports or he's uh, giving people exhortions to pray like, hey, be praying or be praying for us. Or he says, or while you're praying, but all that he accomplished and all that he did, the apostle Paul knew that prayer has to be a huge part of our Christian walk. We see that in Luke chapter 11, after the disciples said, hey, will you teach us to pray? Jesus himself then gave us the Lord's prayer. He didn't say pray this way only, but he said, here's a pattern for prayer. And he mentions in Luke 11, this is the pattern of prayer. And we get the Lord's prayer. Well, why would he give us a blueprint and a foundation and a fundamental for prayer if it wasn't supposed to be a part of our life? It's because it's supposed to be a fundamental part of our life. We see that there's postures of prayer mentioned in scripture. You see that there's sitting prayer. There's times where people are sitting and they're praying and they're having this uh, conversation and relationship with God through prayer sitting. We see also standing. There's times where they're standing and they're gathered in their prayer. We see that they're kneeling at times in scripture. We see that they're face face down praying in scripture. We see that they're hands lifted praying in scripture. There's all of these different life ways that people are praying and it's mentioned in scripture because it should be a part of our life. We also see one of the ways that people pray are when your parent calls you and uses your middle name. That's a different kind of, oh, Jesus, help me. Or a sports prayer. Oh, Lord, God, please, if we just get this stop on fourth down, I promise I'll serve you the rest of my life. That's just Spartan fans who beg. Please, God, let them fumble the snap. It works. God answered prayer. But there's all these postures. There's all these ways to prayer because it's a big part of our Christian walk. The Bible lists at least nine types of prayer, types of prayer. Ways that we can engage prayer into our lives. There's nine different types. The first one we see is in James chapter 5, verse 15. It's the prayer of faith. It's praying with faith that, that, that as you pray, you believe in your heart, even though you can't see it and you're believing, uh, you're praying with faith. Another one that we see is the prayer of agreement, also known as corporate prayer, which we're getting ready to do on Saturday, where we, we come in and we corporately pray, pray with our brothers and sisters. We can find that in James chapter 5, verse 15. Uh, or Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We also see that there's prayer requests or petitions or prayers of supplications. Philippians 4, 6 says that's where we come in and the scripture says that we make known the things that we need in our life. We can go to God with the things that we know. And so those are uh, request prayers. We also see that there's prayers of thanksgiving. So Psalm chapter 95, many of the Psalms uh, that you read, is just someone giving thanks. We, we come in and we, we give, God, I'm so grateful for the way that you've moved in my life. It's a type of prayer, a gratitude prayer. We also see the prayer of worship in Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, uh, where you're just worshipfully uh, praying unto God. I believe that even our music can be uh, acts of prayer as we speak out these declarations. Uh, they can be prayerful. Uh, we see in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, prayer of intercession. We can intercede for somebody that we love or somebody that's on our mind. You walk past somebody in a store, you meet somebody, you just have a feeling about something. And so you begin to intercede and pray on that person's behalf. Many of you know what I'm talking about. God gave us that ability to pray for other people. And then also uh, there's a judgmental prayer. There is um, in Psalm chapter 69, David is actually saying, hey, God, I need you to step in and I need you to move in justice in this situation. You need to make this crooked path straight. I need you to bring alignment to this. So you're praying for, for justice in a situation. And then also we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we see praying in the spirit. He gave us this ability to pray in the spirit. It's a, it's a language that the enemy can't even understand. Praying in the spirit is mentioned in scripture. And so I ask you this, if prayer is so obvious in scripture, how much more so should it be obvious in our daily life? 
Statistically, the Barna Research Group and all these other groups, every single year a new report comes out. We continue to see the trend go lower when it comes to Christians in their prayer life. People used to say, well, you know, I pray at church on Sunday when we pray, or sometimes I go to the prayer meeting, or sometimes I pray at this, but there's a continual decline of obvious prayer patterns in our life. And the scripture's trying to make it clear, like prayer has got to be a, a, a rock bed that we stand on, especially if we're going to believe for breakout in our lives. We've got to be a people of prayer. I love Corey Russell. Uh, he says this in one of his books. Uh, his book is called Prayer, Words Matter to God. Uh, words matter to God, if you want to look it up. But he says this. He says that prayer will be the primary anointing for the end time church. In these last days, as we think, see things get crazier and more nonsensical and you can't make anything make sense, I'll tell you the thing that's not going to bring breakthrough and breakout, strategies and systems and programs and all these flashy little draws that are going to try to, you know, those aren't going to be the things that empower the end time church. It's going to be people with the desire and a passion to pray and see God move. Can I get an Amen. That's why the scripture says it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by any strong strategy or our own wisdom, it's by the spirit of God moving that I believe we're going to be able to break out. I thought about it like this, we don't try prayer. We have to be a people who believe in prayer, in the power of prayer. I believe when the disciples looked at Jesus or they looked at other people in their prayer lives, they, they, didn't, they didn't hear people say, oh man, I'm really going through something, and, and we prayed about it. And we'll see what happens. Sort of have this like, oh, I hope it works. Uh, you know, it's like a vacation approval. We'll see if the boss approves it. No, no, we, we, we need to have belief that, that when we pray, that's what the scripture says in 1 John chapter 5. It says this in verse 14. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. It says that, that there's a confidence you can have when you approach God. There's a confidence that you can have. Well, where do we get the confidence? It says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's why it's important for us to be in the word. That's why we do our read through the Bible in a year plan. That's why we get committed to these book studies and dudes and donuts. And we get into all of these conversations about God's will, because in order for God to hear our prayers, we need to know what lines up with God's will. Can I get amen? And then it says this, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we asked for in him. It says that you can have confidence when you know his will. You can go to him and pray and he hears you. Um, have you ever been not confident in somebody? Uh, we recently moved into a house in January. So there's some things we want to get done around there. So I've had some different businesses come out and give us some, some quotes and some ideas about some things we're trying to do. And I've had some people out there kind of helping me and giving me advice. And I'm thinking, you are giving me zero confidence in you right now. <laughs> I have no confidence. I'm not going with you. You're, this is not going to happen with us here. But have you ever been in a situation where you have great confidence in somebody and someone says, hey, do you know? Uh, and you say, oh, I got your guy. I got somebody for you. I have great confidence. Call, the, this is my guy. You need to call my guy. I got a great confidence that that person is going to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Tell me you know what I'm talking about. This is the confidence that the writer is talking about right here. Is it saying, look, hey, when you know God's word and you know his will and he, you know his heart toward you, then you can go into prayer with confidence because he's going to hear you and he's going to move on your behalf. Amen. I'll close with this. So, so this confidence, you know, why, why, do, why do we do it? Why do we miss it? Why do we not have confidence? Many of us, we, 
We miss it in prayer. I told you the number. You know, we got this number, this decline of prayer. If prayer is so important, if Jesus himself said, look, I do nothing unless the Father reveals it. He says that in Scripture. I don't do anything unless the Father has first shown me. He's walking in this daily habit of God's revealing everything to him. I'm in this prayer life. I got this connection to God that says, I'm not making a move unless it's been revealed to me. And then here we are saying, God, I want you to bring breakout in my life. God, I want you to take me to the next step. But yet we, we fail to run to the Father. We fail to run to the connection. And I thought about it like this. It's, it's because our confidence is not in him. Scripture said we have this confidence when we go to him. Our confidence becomes in ourselves. Psalm 46.10 in the, in the New American Standard Bible says this, Cease striving and know that I am God. Cease all that striving and trying to figure it out on your own. Oh, man, we're really going through something. I got to just hustle a little bit more. I got to just do a little bit more. I got to just push a little more. We got to do a little bit this. I got to just do this. Cease all that striving. Stop all of that on your own and know that I am God. Then it says, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. I believe that God's glory goes up. Is exalted. His name is made greater. When we can be a people who say, I'm going to cease all this striving and trying to do it by my own hand. And I'm going to just know that God's got this. You know what I'm talking about? All this busyness, all this hype, all this chaos. Instead, I'm going to, that's what the scripture, the, the, the NIV of this verse is the verse that we all know, which says, be still and know that I'm God. Cease striving and know that I'm God or be still and know that I'm God. We're not still in America. That's the, that's the problem with our prayer lives. To hear this word cease, like settle down, or be still and know that I'm God, that, that's the missing link. Our pace is way too dysfunctional. I love this by Corey Russell. He says this, again, the pastor of Upper Room. He says, we need a new breed of people who, like Mary, refuse to worship the God of busyness. They refuse to worship the God of distraction. These people are courageous in that they refuse to miss the moment and they choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. We're not going to hustle more and grind more. You know what we just need? We, need? we need more friends. We need a different social circle. We, we need to work a little harder. No, no, you know what we need? We need a little bit more self-care. I need a weekend to myself. I need to do this and take care of that. No, what we need to do is cease and be still and know that he is, and we need to be at the feet of Jesus more. We need to pursue him in prayer. We need to seek him. UCLA just did a study, and they said that 67% of Americans don't breathe properly. We're literally not taking full breaths anymore. That's how busy we are. You're too busy to breathe. <laughs> this isn't going in a good direction. Like right now, you're hyperventilating because I said that. See what I'm saying? It's like now on the way home, you're going to be like calling each other out. What's your problem? I'm not breathing enough. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's funny, if you put yourself to the test, you get out to the lake, you get out to your vacation, you bust out that chair, you sit in that chair, and all of a sudden, you're taking some deeper breaths when you get out there, aren't you? Because you've ceased. You're not striving. And that's how Jesus wants us to have relationship in prayer. Hey, just know that I'm God. Be confident that I've got this, and I'm working this out on your behalf. Can I get an Amen. Corey Russell says it this way as well. It says, the only way to persevere in prayer, 
Because it's hard to keep praying. Oh, I just got so many other things. It's hard to keep praying. The only way to persevere in prayer is to burn every other bridge. (laughs) Isn't that right? Turn off the TV, hide the phone. You understand what I'm talking about? We have got to burn some bridges. Not not in people, right? Okay. (laughs) Pastor said. (laughs) But but we got to put some things away so that our hope is in him. So we're going to him in confidence, that we can pray with confidence. And, uh, and I believe that's where, where God can move on our behalf. That's where we're going to see breakout is, is when we can go to him that way. That is why I'm asking you, if you've never been to Saturday prayer, this is not a sermon to increase Saturday morning prayer attendance. Honestly, it doesn't make a difference. We're not measured, engaged, and bonuses given uh, to those who attend Saturday prayer. It's not like that at all. But what I want us to be is a, is a church who walks in that anointing of the end time, which says, hey, this thing's fueled by prayer. We're not going to figure it out with slick strategies and all that. So I would love for you to join us this Saturday. You say, well, pastor, I'm not a prayer person. I'm not good at praying with, in public with, with, with other people. That's all right. Just come and be in agreement. Be part of that intercessory prayer that we just talked about. Um, just be joining with us in agreement. Child care is provided. They're hanging out in their spaces, uh, having a good time. But come on up. It lasts for about 45 minutes. And I believe you'll experience some of that power when we just cease. We stop. And we know that God is in control and we can trust him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, the scripture says that um, we can ask God. He's a, he's a giver of good gifts. Uh, his desire is to bless us with our heart's desires. And I know every person in this room, if I said, hey, you know, you want me to wave this magic wand over you and, and then you'll have a great prayer life? You'd be like, yeah, I, I, I would want everybody in here desires a great prayer life. So let's just make that known to God. Like right here where you are in this room, I'm going to pray for all of us. And if you, if you desire, God, I... I want to be this person who can come to you with all things because the temptation is to run to our best friend who will agree. Something happens and we just call our friend and, and they join you in the negativity and all that kind of, that's not what we need to do. Let's be a people who say, God, I want to have a strong prayer life. I want to be a part of that, that end time church that, that prays and is, is anointed through prayer. If you desire to say, God, I want to see my prayer life increase. We're just going to ask God for that right now, right where you are. And I believe that. He'll start that in your life. So let me pray it. God, we love you so much. Lord, you see the hearts of every person in this room. And Lord, you also see the the hangups and the holdups and the things that get in our way. And God, we just ask that you you remove those hangups and those holdups and those barriers that keep us from going to you. God, we want to be like you, Jesus. We want to be people who we don't do anything unless you revealed it to us. God, help us burn the bridges that we got to burn so that we can have this connection with you. Lord, the busyness and the hustle and the distraction. Lord, we pray that you just give us the ability to see it and avoid it. Lord, I thank you that prayer lives are being grown right now as we pray. Lord, I pray that you give us the ability to nurture those and give them what they need. Anything that may try to hold people back from this, we say it comes to naught. In Jesus' name, amen.